and welcome to episode 27 of the season. Um, myself, Ollie, and Glenn, just the two of us, Glenn. We didn't want to put anyone else through that misery um, of going through this game again. Yeah, obviously it's been an odd week, hasn't it? Obviously the game off last week and then no Tuesday night game, which seems really weird considering we've got quite a lot of games to make up, haven't we, Ollie? But um, yeah, just the one game this week and it was a... Uh, weather-affected um, game at Accrington, which obviously yeah, came out with a, with a positive result at least in terms of getting a point, but um, wasn't a great watch, was it? And it's not one of those games, Ollie, where you excitedly come on and say, well, I watched the whole thing back on Sunday. I'm, I can't imagine you went and watched that back today, surely. No, I watched <laughs> it back and I... Um, I'm sorry, I didn't watch it back. I watched the extended highlights, do the agenda, just because it just helps. Yeah. And it was funny, yeah. There was a few replays of moments that were not replayable if that makes sense just <laughs> <laughs> for them some some poor guy had to try and make some extended highlights out of that to get it up to nine minutes um but yeah it it probably yeah it probably really didn't take me much more than 12 minutes to do the agenda <laughs> uh, put it that way yeah so as we thought we've only got one game this week no guest and uh yeah a quick game to go through i suppose we've we've asked um listeners for some questions this week so yeah, yeah quite a nice some crackers yeah a good range of questions ollie i completely agree so um it'd be good to sort of dip into that and, and answer some of the questions or at least give our thoughts on it um and and yeah and then we'll look a, a forward to uh the next few games really because the run seems to be starting to get a little bit easier for shrewsbury so we'll, we'll dip into the next three or four games and, and we'll look ahead to mk dons on um on tuesday night particularly so, yeah, I, I haven't really got anything else to say, Ollie. It's been a, a bit, a bit no. of a quiet week, so I think we'll, we'll get straight into Accrington, mate. Out of all the shots. Town want more. Wardy looks for Carlton Morris, and he's onside. Chance for five here. Morris one-on-one with the keeper, and he hammers it in off the other side of the bar. And that's his first touch. Carlton Morris, lethal. So, Accrington Stanley won. Uh, Shrewsbury Town won. Um, yeah, their goal on 47 minutes through Connolly. And ours on 77 minutes through Sean Wally. Um, yeah, so a draw in the end um, in, in in a difficult away game, Ollie. So got to be reasonably pleased with that, I suppose, considering how well Akron are doing this season. But yeah, I'll, I'll get into stats and you can have a look at the team in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I thought an interesting one. We've been mentioning this over recent weeks, Ollie, about how we've sort of been coming back from the how far behind we were last season. Um, and I think I mentioned a few weeks back when Cottrell took over, we were 13 points behind where we were this time last season. So yeah, obviously this run under, under Cottrell has taken us closer and closer and closer and we were just a few points behind. But yeah, the point on Saturday means we now have the same amount of points this season um, that we did um, at the same point last season. So the recovery job that Cottrell has needed to do has now been done. It's a case now of, of kind of where we go next, isn't it, and how far we kick on. So, yeah, sort of congratulations to the, to the guys for getting us back on track, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, in terms of, of Cottrell himself, I think we mentioned it last week and it, and it got a bit of press coverage in the week, you might have noticed, Dolly. Um, but, yeah, Steve Cottrell continues his run this week um, with the point of being the manager with the best league start for any Shrewsbury Town manager in our history. So... Um, he can't be caught next week either because the, the other guys that started really well didn't win their their next game. So yeah, he's going to have had three games sort of heading the heading the the pack really in terms of our best ever start for a manager. So yep, fantastic. Long may that continue. Um, and here was one I, I looked at last night, Ollie, after the game because um, when Cottrell took over, we had that we were having the joint. Um, worst season um, for you know how many points we had at the point where he took over, um, and now it's joint second only behind the her season, which is remarkable. You know that's the biggest turnaround for me, Ollie, is that we've we've kind of gone through all those other League One seasons, and now it stands as second best only behind Hurst. That that seems a bit crazy, doesn't it? Now all of a sudden, considering where we were just before Christmas. Yeah, it just shows you what an outlier that season was, and how dreadful a lot of our seasons have been in League <laughs> One. For me, for me, that that stat reminds me how poor we've been. Um, rather than the positive, but it, it just shows you what a great job the manager has done. I think that's the point you're trying to trying to make that um, Steve Cottrell and the team have done an unbelievable job 
uh, with the same bunch of players. And it, it's, this is my point is about that one is that you know we've been talking about the recovery job being done. There's no reason now with the way we're playing, the points we're accruing in general, that we can't now make this um, the best season other than the her season in League One. You know the, the platforms there weirdly, which we didn't expect to go and have a fifteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth, twelfth position finish and and really actually finish this season so strongly that you know it, it, it looks really good on Cottrell's record in the season to give us that second highest finish in whatever twenty five years or whatever it was. So yeah, the platform for me has been built now it's a case of, of where we kick on to and I think we've got some questions later on Ollie about you know the, the limits of our ambition and stuff I suppose but um, before we get to all of where we might end up I suppose we need to talk about where we were and the team selection on Saturday Ollie. Yep so the team was um, the, the team that we I think everyone expected yeah um, it was 4-2-3-1 with Pierre out injured still uh, we don't really know when he's going to be back so we had Sarsic in goal Love Ebanks Williams and Ogbeta um, Vela Norburn Wally Goss, Chapman, and Maine up front on his own. Um, and yeah, so that was the team um, lineup. And um, yeah, there was a lot of reports, obviously, before the game. People were a bit worried about the rain and Accrington Stanley's pitch having a bit of reputation. Um, it's been covered. Looks like it's been covered for the last five years. Um, <laughs> and when it was taken under, yeah, it's. I imagine at pitch level, it probably looked better yeah. than it did um, at the angle that we're. Um, we were obviously watching from, um, but yeah, for me, I, I think it's a, I think it's fair to say that the the conditions weren't great. It was very very windy on a terrible pitch. I think I think without the the drainage they installed at Accrington last season, this game probably wouldn't have been on, would it? You know, there was yeah, so much definitely. rain pre match, and yeah, you say the pitch was covered. The only thing it wasn't covered in was grass, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, we have had all the snow, and I imagine they've had worse snow than us up in up in Accrington, being a bit higher in altitude and also a bit further north. So um, who knows what the weather's been like up there? But yeah, it, the pitch was bad, but I don't think that would have been you know as as game ruining um, as as it ended up being if it hadn't have been for the the wind that you mentioned as well, Ollie. Because I think the wind got stronger as the game went. On, particularly in the second half, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? But um, yeah, just a, a game dom- dominated by the weather conditions. Ollie, you're right. Yeah, it definitely was. Mm. Um, but though, fair that though, you know, even though we were playing away from home, um, I thought overall in the first half we, we definitely started the better and we're probably the better side overall, um, marginally better. Yeah. I thought Acton and Stanley were quite poor, especially in possession. Um, and yeah, I thought Shrewsbury were doing quite well. We we play in a very clear style, don't we? We we don't mess around with the ball the back as the as the co-commentator was pointing out and mm. we get the ball forward and we try to carve out chances um first chance came from a stanley error at the back um salad yeah. worked the ball to, to chapman who has a good shot um, and then the ball came to vela and has a decent effort um, and saved by the keeper and that was a good bit of play and yeah vela hit that quite hard in england I think for me that other than the goal that was the best chance we had in the whole game really wasn't it I mean we didn't have very many shots on target again but that's pretty common for Shrewsbury Town isn't it but um, yeah it was unlucky uh, in terms of the way the keeper saved it he did really well I say a decent save um, but he did he did hammer it one fella to get a long ranger he's got it in him he, he does keep his shots down most of the time which is a bit of a, a benefit and he does he does crack him in hard but um, no the keeper did well because the keeper had been on the floor from the initial shot from from Chapman Andy yeah. so he did well to kind of scramble up and and I think you know it was kind of a decent reward for that decent start that you were talking about Ollie and it was a bit of an interesting one. I think we did well pressing them early on, and they didn't settle quickly at all. Um, no, they didn't. And if anything, the best periods of the game for for Town were the opening, say, 10, 15 minutes, 
Um, and then the rest of the game, the last 15 minutes after we scored, you know, the, the, the whole chunk between, you know, that chance there and our goal was was fairly anemic from town. And, and it wasn't a great game either. But and Accrington weren't amazing. But it was it was such an odd game. We, we played OK, but still, you know, it was it wasn't flowing football from either side really for for most of it and and the best we looked at was 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 probably counter-attacking but um from a neutral point of view Glenn do you reckon this is probably the most the least entertaining game of all season in terms of the worst watch irrelevant of yeah. which team you know obviously and obviously you know the 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 Peterborough game probably would be the most entertaining from a neutral's point of view um in terms of load of goals but as a neutral, I think this is probably the worst game of the season. Yeah, we've had, I imagine so. I mean, yeah, Fleetwood wasn't great, was it either? Um, just trying to think of a few other games at the top of my head that weren't great watches. Northampton you, wasn't very good. No. Burton Albion wasn't very good. No, so there's been a few stinkers, isn't there? Particularly under Ricketts where they're but so, was, they're the so bad. The ball just wasn't... You couldn't <laughs> keep the ball in play. No. And the pitch made it really difficult to pass. It was... It was not an enjoyable, um, ent- it wasn't really entertaining. No, no. The Aki keeper had a big struggle with his goal kicks first half, didn't he? Which, yeah. to be credit to, to Sarkic, actually, one thing I've, I wanted to mention as we went on is his kicking wasn't actually as bad in the wind as um, the Accrington keeper, so that was a bit of a positive as well. But yeah, it wasn't a great game to watch, was it? And um, as I say, the opening 15 minutes, we played really well. I thought we did press well and we, we unsettled them, um, considering they're on a good run. Um, and, and the last 15 minutes after we got the goal, we could smell blood. But in between, there wasn't too much going on. I think really, you know, after that chance, Stanley did come into it a bit more but they were a bit of a set piece team weren't they to be honest with you yeah, and they, they were. always looked dangerous there they did and that was probably their biggest threat I thought from the yeah. whole game um, good example here corner um, headed deep into, into the box headed again um, and then a shot I think it was Ogbeto who blocked it but that was a bit of a scary moment um, where that shot went off for another corner. Yeah. Um, and there was another good chance where um, they counterattacked down the left, where it almost people almost fell over on the AstroTurf. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, Ebanks came over and, and cut the shot off. Um, and then there was a superb bit of counterattack from Shrewsbury from yeah. right to left. And it works with Chapman gets into the box. Um, Barker comes sliding in, um, probably the defensive moment of the game in terms of you know individual piece of brilliance. Um, and you could tell how what a good opportunity it was because Goss and Wally both had their hands on their head. They couldn't believe how close they'd come to getting a getting a shot of goal. Yeah, for sure. You would have scored, wouldn't you? You would expect from that angle. Yeah, I think we probably would have done. It's just frustrating we didn't get a shot on on goal or anything in that situation. Having had a quite a flow moment, that's what I was trying to say is that there were moments where when we broke, we we were really good. And I think the the best ones of those counter attacks kind of came by getting it defence into to Norburn and Vela as quickly as possible. They seemed to find Goss, who again was doing pretty well finding space, and, and he was pretty decent at knocking some long balls forward for people to chase or, or just in defeat for Chapman and Wally to, to try and get up to Maine. I didn't think that the front three worked particularly well across the game, but there wasn't a huge amount of chances for either either end. But I think obviously of the front three, Chapman and Wally were, were obviously the most dynamic and and both of them had a, had a, a few good runs forward, didn't they, and trying to cut onto their right or left foot and, and have a shot. That seemed to be how we were going to score, really. The, the crossing was a bit poor in the first half, Ollie. I thought, you know, we had Maine as a target, but with the wind we just couldn't find him could we there was a lot that were over hit or just knocked out of play or just held up in the wind depending on which way you were hitting it and it was just I'll give it I'll let him off on that one it was a very difficult game to be putting a perfect cross into a target man wasn't it yeah distribution control technique it's not a game for a scout to to view a player (laughs) was it it was um, it was very difficult um, conditions all around there was one part in the second half wasn't it where the ball went up and actually kind of went back on itself mental yeah Um, and yeah Stanley had the benefit of the wind in the first half but it kind of almost neutralised in the second half because it just came so strong mm. that it was really hard to kind of control. Um, but yeah, first half over, um, 
wasn't particularly entertaining. I was looking forward to a bit of cake and tea at half time. That was probably the highlight of the game for me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was all right, though. I mean, we'd played well enough and we'd battled and we'd been, you know, hard oh, to yeah, break it was, down. Oh, yeah, the effort was yeah, there, yeah. but it wasn't entertaining. No, it wasn't. And yeah, I think 0 0 at half time was probably fair. Maybe Shrewsbury shaded it. And more than acceptable, Ollie, as well, I would say. You know, to get a point at Accrington would still have been fine. You know, they're not the pushovers that they have been at this league sometimes and, and, have, and are on a good run. So I, I thought if the win's going to be like this and it's not, there's not going to be any goals and we go away with a nil-nil, I'd have been more than happy with that. Turned out there were a couple of goals and it ended up the same result. But um, yeah, you talk about the wind as well again there in terms of, of they had it with them and then it, it switched around to us. I, I was quite frustrated as soon as the second half started and obviously they scored pretty soon into it. But... Um, that wasn't really the the kind of main problem for me. It was um, we did we because we, we had the wind. We we did definitely start to play it long a little bit too much at the start of that second half, didn't we? And we kind of maybe gave gave a little bit of the impetus to Accrington because we just coughed the ball up a lot quicker than we were doing in the first half, and we did try to build a little bit more. And it was it was a bit frustrating to watch, wasn't it? That opening twenty minutes yeah. of the first half, second half. Yeah, I think maybe the option to go to to um, to Maine was was obviously a good one. Yeah. Um, and you probably yeah, used it a little bit where yeah in the right in the first half we were playing through the lines through the channels um, and obviously we were a bit better but yeah it was it was tough and yeah it's, it's not a game to be overly critical on anyone I don't no. think um, no. main love more effective but, games that's for sure yeah and then yeah so basically second half started um, Roshan Williams gives away a foul I mean in our right back area um, free kick taken in and. Bad defending from a Shrews perspective, where there's lots and lots of mini, like small areas. I'd say, you know, um, there was like lots of headers. There was Sarsic tried to clear the ball, he couldn't. Um, there was a header from Love, which didn't go very far. Goss didn't quite get to the man that shot. Um, pretty poor from a Shrews perspective. Um, quite a good clean hit um, from mm. the from the Stanley player to put them one nil ahead. Yeah, I I watched it back again today a couple of times. I actually think Sarkic didn't do as bad as I think people kind of made out on the day because the first punch goes away and obviously then gets recycled in. So he, he does well on the first punch. It's the second. Yeah, the first where he, one's good. Yeah, second where he comes and and he gets to it. To be fair, amongst about yeah, six players. players. Yeah, which is decent enough. And you know he does his job then. And if you look, he's straight back onto his goal line. He's trying to get back as quickly as possible. But it's it's another ten seconds really before the shot comes in yet. So he, he's done he's done enough to get it clear. Yeah, you know Goss is weak. To be honest with you. Um, and the header from Love that sets the goal up is is pretty poor. To be fair, he he gets uh, something. No, I don't on think it's obviously done anything though. Well, no, I think it's a very easy narrative to people to jump on. Oh, Love Love has made a mistake again. It was back, basically kind of kind of came down onto him. Yeah, and he didn't really have much of an angle, or and it was and it was windy to kind of clear. So yes, it wasn't a good header. That's I think that's fair to say. But I think it's I think it's harsh to say he could have done he would have expected better from that. I don't think many people would have been able to improve that header. I think if you talk to any defender in that situation, and I'm sure if we got Andy Davis on, the last place you want to head that is into the right centre of the goal, you know, right on. He probably wasn't trying to do that, Ollie, and the wind probably just took it on an angle down as it came to his head. I, I completely agree with you. It's probably one of those things where it was just a combination of different things. But he's put it in completely the wrong position. You can't you can't say that. And um, even then, you still would have been odds on someone not scoring from that situation but it was a crisp hit and a, and a and a decent strike from range and, and Sarkic was beaten so it was unfortunate yeah I'm not, I'm not totally slagging love it's, it was one of those situations where there were so many headers where it looked like someone was going to head it cleanly and it kind of came off on an angle or they kind of got under it a little bit just because the ball was moving in the air so I, I, you know I'm not I'm not saying it was something it's, it's uh, droppable for but um, just a bit unfortunate really in terms of where he put it and yeah going one nil down really then straight into the second half it just felt a little bit like um, you know, where, where's the goals going to come from? Having I mean, watched that first half a little bit and hoping we could get them on the counter, really. And um, you know, I say this this period up to our goal, we, we huffed and puffed a bit, but it wasn't wasn't too much going on until we started to see the phone come out and um, some changes going on. Ollie, 
Did you think that we were going to score in this game? No. No, I didn't. I did. You did? Okay. I did. I just thought, and it's really funny, we scored just how I thought we were going to score. I just had this, <laughs> I don't know why, I just had this, I think it's just because I have belief in this team and mm. they're going to keep trying. They were trying, they were trying, they kept trying. And when we scored, we scored just the kind of goal I thought we were going to score. Um, so yeah, it was a, a corner in from Chapman. Um, Edward flicks it on and Wally toe pokes it into just round the defender into the back of the net. A lovely scrappy goal on a scrappy day. Yeah, no, I think so. And yeah, a decent goal to score as well to get us back into it. You know, with 15 minutes yeah. to go, and it definitely changed the way the game was going. The reason I said I didn't think we were going to score is just the, the conditions. You know, it was it was yeah. if it was going to be something you you thought it might have been a mistake when someone kind of gets under a ball a little bit, like maybe Love did. But um, yeah, I just thought you know as the game was going on, it was getting worse. The wind was getting worse. So just trying to put any kind of football together. Um, and, and Accrington were fairly solid, weren't they? Let's be honest about it. At the back, they didn't have a particularly bad game. They did well with Maine, and um, they, they did as well as they could with Chapman and, and, and Wally when they were running at them. So, yeah, just just felt like a you know a 1-0 game, a typical League One game. But I was delighted that we scored, absolutely delighted. And, yeah, good delivery from Chapman, really kept it low, which is not something we see too often from a town player, but clever enough to think about the wind and thinking keeping it low is the thing to do because it isn't going to go off the trajectory that he wanted it to do. So um, credit for, for the delivery. Good good on Edwards, who'd come on, and he, um for his 200th game which we'll talk about in a minute um, and Odeau would come on as well but yeah good good forward play really to get in there and get a flick on and yeah fantastic it was a, it was a good goal um, and I was really chuffed then and Town did look like a couple of times where they, they could push forward and, and there was a couple of moments where they might just slip a pass here, here or there in and, and get a chance for, for a winner but um, it wasn't to be was it the wind got up even more um, as you said it blew the ball back towards goal a couple of times a few random shots from Stanley was nothing to worry about was there and the game kind of petered out yeah. didn't it yeah it was um, I thought probably the probably the best bit of play in the second half probably was that bit of play where Obeto got the ball went for a run he kind of bobbled he got it back Wally passed it to Chapman, and then it goes out for a corner, and then there was a decent effort from Gossman, a free kick. Um, we did change style in the second half. We went kind of more of a, a 4-3-2-1 with two number 10s with Edwards, um, and it was really hard to tell who we were really playing that. I, I thought we'd changed it, but wasn't 100% sure, but Alan Rulwahan confirmed it. But I think that just tells you, you know, if you can't tell what formation you're playing you know, clearly, <laughs> it shows you you're not really keeping the ball. Um, I think that kind of sums up the game. Um, and as you as you've put in the, in the agenda, Glenn, the wind could go a bit mental yeah, and, and, and ruined it for a spectacle. Um, I would say though, you point out about the change. I think that's a good point as well to make that it's another game where the management team and, and Aaron Wilbraham on the touchline with his phone uh, make, making proactive changes to move things around tactically, bring different players on. You know, we're seeing it pretty much every game, aren't we? When we're behind, they always seem to make a change, which is coming a bit of a habit, yeah, isn't it? It's it a is a great habit of going behind now. Yeah, and we're getting away with it, which is great. And they are doing things to to change the narrative, and I like that. It's showing that they're kind of learning on the job um, in terms of well, obviously Cottrell's not, but they're kind of learning what's happening in the game um, and adapting as as necessary, rather than just sticking resolutely to a five at the back tactic when you're one nil down at home like Ricketts used to do. So yeah, it's it's good to see, and and um, you know the fresh legs are helping at the moment as well, aren't they? So um, yeah, it was all good, and yeah. Point was more than happy, Ollie. I was I was really pleased with the point in general. Um, going to Accrington, yeah, getting that all good the in the hood. Yeah, it was one of those places. Um, yeah, it's one of those places. It's they they set they do everything they can within the rules. Yeah. to make it difficult for you. Um, so yeah, it's you know they play do some of the old Wimbledon tactics and they're always whinging. Like they moan. They mm. like, there's a few teams that moan and, and complain. But um, yeah, um, they do well, enough moan. The, the guy doing the co-commentary was um, 
uh, was it McConville? Is it Sean McConville? I can't remember his name now, but he was an, um, a guy that's got a three-game suspension for Accrington. Four-game. Yeah, four-game, was it? He was doing co-commentary, wasn't he? And um, he moaned <laughs> quite a lot, and he wasn't yeah. even playing Ollie. So I think it might be, uh, what's the word? It might be ingrained within the culture of Accrington Stanley. Yeah, the centre of the club, yeah. But so actually, no, yeah, I'm a football manager. It doesn't say driven or determined. It just says moaner. Yeah, but I would say, fair play to him. I do like a smaller club having a good season, like we did that one year. And yeah. you know, if they can keep kicking on and keep going, I'd, I'd quite like to see them get up. You know, they, they're a good good club, aren't they? And they always look after the fans when we're there. It's always a good place to go to. I kind of, yeah, I kind of miss it. it. Miss, miss being on that terrace, even in the wind and the rain. It would have been a fantastic day out. But um, yeah, the last time we went there, me and you went for, for a pint, didn't we? With your we did. brother in that yeah, tent great. thing, yeah. uh, which is good, good day out. Cracking day out. And uh, at least Roland had a good day out because um, it was reported yeah, on Twitter on him and Andy Holt were on the red wine. So I'm sure he had a, a lovely, lovely day out and someone <laughs> someone drove him back because I'm sure he might not have wanted to take the risk of a, a drink driving <laughs> thing. But uh, yeah, long, as, as long as Roland had a nice day out, that's the main thing, isn't it? But um, yeah, exactly. there we go. I think the point was fair <laughs> for both teams. Yes. Um, it's, for me, it's one of those games. Yeah, get in, get the point, get out, don't have no injuries and just, yeah. Have a have a good clean down and yeah and just yeah move on to the next game. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Quickest game of the season, Ronnie. We'll we'll move on now. We'll do top three. Go on. What was your what was your top three? Um, Vela, Ogbeta, and Ebanks. Yeah, fair enough. And I had Ogbeta top um, just because he offered a bit more drive, I think, than Love in the, in that game. And I, I thought he was just great. Again, there was a really good moment in the game which I think he did describe where he just ran on, didn't he? And did, did a little. He's cut just back class. He's, he's just good. yeah. He's better. He's one of our best players already, isn't he? In terms of quality. Defo, yes. I will actually play into the podcast now. I, I got sent uh, a, a chant by somebody on WhatsApp um, for Ogbetter, so I will play. I'll play that in now, Ollie, because uh, I think we, we need to hear this chant maybe one day when we get back in the stadium. But uh, who knows? Anyway, but there we go. I'll play that in now. We've got Nathaniel. Fuck Charlie Daniels. He makes me happy when skies are grey, because no one's better. Than or better, so please don't take Nathaniel away. Na 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 na. And then yeah, for for second I went for uh, for Ebanks. Um, yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? In terms of blocking a couple of their more dangerous chances, really solid. He's he's continued his probably excellent form of the last few weeks, despite the blows to the head he's had. Um, I went for Williams third, um, just because I thought the defence did really well, both of them, and I couldn't really, couldn't really split them. To be honest with you, I thought Vela was good, Ollie. I, I don't normally disagree too much with with number for, for the men of the matches you pick, but I was a bit surprised with Vela. I, I didn't think he was at his best on Saturday. He was still decent, but um, there was a couple of times. I where thought he... he offered a really good attacking threat. I thought when he when he got the ball, um, he did well. I thought he worked really hard. Um, yeah, it, it, there wasn't a lot of players that stood out. Let's be honest. No, um, but I no. thought I thought his I thought for me his, his attacking. Impetus and some of his passing for me it got him in there. Um, yeah, there was just a few moments on there in the second half where he could he was not he was annoyed with passing out a player a couple of times and he miscontrolled it on the byline and sort of you could hear him screaming and I think he was just a bit frustrated for a good ten minutes. You could in the say half. that about every single yep. game in yep. every League One match. Could do, um, could yeah. do. But yeah, I, I, you know he was decent enough. But then I think you know Norburn was pretty pretty similar. So yeah, he was in the top five for sure. But um, I don't know, I, he was just a bit low. I thought he was personally a bit a bit below some of the ways he's played recently. But again, conditions and all that, Ollie. So um, we won't we won't delay the point. Um, I, I went off and got some chips from the chippy then, Ollie, to celebrate a decent point. So I didn't listen to Mister Wilbraham this week. But uh, what did he have to say? Yeah, he didn't really have a lot to say to be honest, Glenn. Um He said, "Yeah, it's a good point. A bit disappointed and frustrated. Um, it was a good a good character from the lads to get a point. Uh, the boys are frustrated with a half, which obviously shows you know how far we've come." 
Um, and yeah, but he was asked about Sean Worley, and he said he deserved the goal for all the hard work he puts in, and the the manager put him singled him out for some praise. He runs his socks off every game, and it was a, a proper team performance. Well, he's having a good season, isn't he? In general, now this this yeah. he's been a big part of this turnaround under Cottrell. One of the biggest parts in terms of the attacking yeah. positions. He's certainly the one getting the goals, isn't he? So he does deserve a lot of credit actually at the moment. Um, whether it'll be enough to to put him into player season consideration, we'll be talking about that in a a few months' time, Ollie. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he, where he gets to with that. But um. That was it. There we go. 1-1. One, one. Not a game that will live long in the memory, um, but no. uh, a valuable point in the season, Ollie. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that there. And then, yeah, we'll move on to the, the Salop news and some fans' questions. Don't have this corner kick as they chase the third goal before half-time. Lawrence with it, right-footed. Could break, should be a goal. And it is! It is Connor Golson, isn't it? Connor Golson eventually scores! So, Salop news then. Ollie, you've been doing a bit of stats research uh, over the last 24 hours as well, haven't you? Because you you pondered the question on Twitter. You wondered what the league table would look like um, if it was only taken from the point at which Steve Cottrell walked into the football club and no one answered it for you, so you had to go and figure it out yourself, didn't you, Ollie? But what is the evidence of this? What what did it tell you? Yeah, it's interesting. At first, I was surprised how low we are, um, but then I'll come back to that in a second. So, yeah, basically I did a number of points from when Steve Cottrell took over take away the points everyone has now which obviously then forms a league table so that put we would be 11th in that league table Glenn so we're six places higher um, obviously there's a few clubs obviously have, have done really well in recently so yeah. MK Dons go up six places Blackpool go up six places Oxford go up seven places which I'm sure you're not so too surprised about and then yeah interestingly um, we're only 11th which probably surprised you but then you look at how many games we've played so we've only played 12 yeah. Lincoln City have played 16 Hull have played 17 and you're a really fascinating stat, Glenn. We've played five games less than Hull and have one point more <laughs> since Cotswold took over. That's amazing. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah, we've you know we're only we're only two points behind Sunderland, who've played uh, three games more than us. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously M- M- MK Dons are doing really well. They got twenty seven mm. points, but they've played they've played three more games than us. So if we win a few games, we can catch them up as well. And they're top of the form table. So, you know, points per game, we've got 1.83, which is still amazing. Um, and that puts us, I think it's like fifth or something like that, best in the league in terms of points per game since such a cultural come in. Amazing. And yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere, so I had to make it myself. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth doing as well, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that with the points per game thing, I would have expected us to be in the top five or seven or something like that because I can't imagine anyone else has been doing as well as we have recently. But yeah, I appreciate MK Dons are on a good run. But um, yeah, that's good. And I suppose... It, in terms of talking about our manager and the good run we're on, um, I think you know a point Accrington is always very creditable and is a good news story, Ollie. Um, but it certainly wasn't the best news story of the week, was it? Um, because we think we found out on Monday or Tuesday that our manager has been discharged from hospital after a, a very um, intense uh, treatment of steroids um, from reading the paper um, and is now back convalescing at home. So, you know, just wonderful news, really, that Steve's back home um, and can continue his recovery from home and probably be able to manage the match day and training every day a little bit easier from, from his own bed or his sofa, depending on how he's feeling, I guess, um, than it would be, you know, in a ward amongst a, a load of people and, and hospital staff. So just just brilliant, really. Yeah, I'm sure from from his in terms of managing it, he'll obviously be able to put the big screen up, and sure he'll have laptops and tablets, and and probably <laughs> I'm sure he'll set his his office up so he can maybe even walk around the room and stuff. And I'm sure he'll be yeah well looked after in terms of being at home. Clearly, obviously we don't we only want him to come back when he's when he's ready. Yeah, um, and he's fit and he's he's fine. But yeah, it's good news to hear that he's 
he's um, back at home because, yeah, it was, it was very worrying how ill and we were told he was. Yeah, I think even reading that he needed this huge amount of steroids to kind of at least enable him to, to recover enough to be able to be discharged from hospital probably tells you what kind of state he was in, Ollie, because, um, yeah, yeah re- reading about some of the bits and pieces, that's that's kind of quite a high up the list in terms of a COVID recovery plan. But, um, yeah, he's out now and hopefully it will continue on the, on the upward trajectory and we will see him down the meadow one day sometime soon. But um, I, I guess that kind of brings us off cultural for a bit because we're, we're, we're saying positive things about him every week at the moment aren't we because he is doing fantastic I think it moves us on to um, yeah Dave Edwards making his 200th appearance for Shrewsbury Town which is a hell of a, a hell of a record really um, and just worth us reflecting on on really his entire time with the club and, and how he's he's made those 200 yeah he's not the most effective at the moment he's got a bit part role he's, he's coming on and doing a job like he did on on, on uh, Saturday getting the assist on his 200th appearance but um, you know do did you do you class Dave Edwards as a Shrewsbury Town legend yet, or do you think it'll take maybe a coaching role or something different to to trigger that? I think he's yeah. In terms of like games for the club, two hundred is a is a lot. It is. Um, I guess also for younger fans, obviously they won't have seen him play. Um, yeah, he's definitely a Shrewsbury Town legend. To play two hundred games for Shrewsbury yeah, is quite so. rare. Um, and obviously, I think I think his, his his reputation is probably even enhanced even more because he's is a youth product. Um, we've seen him play play for Wales and and play in the Premier League. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's definitely a Shrewsbury Town legend. And yeah, he's, all the work he does for charities and all that kind of stuff shows he yeah, he's a good guy. And it's interesting, you know, you talk about two hundred games being a big benchmark, but since two thousand, you know, turn of the century. There's only been seven players um, that have that have made the 200, uh, 200 list now, and obviously David Edwards became the seventh. But and obviously, I'll, I'll give you another one, Ollie Sean Wally, that a few months back obviously got his 200th appearance, and he's up to two hundred fifteen now, which is actually third in the all-time list, Ollie. So you know, third sure in the well. in the list since two thousand is pretty amazing. But go on, here's a quiz for you. Can you have a stab at the other five other than uh, Wally and Edwards? Who, who else would be up there since two thousand? Oh, um, Langmead. Top. Yep. Um. Oh, that's really tough. After that, <laughs> um, Granderson was he close? Just off, just below, hundred and sixty odd. I'll give you two more guesses, and I'll tell you the rest, Ollie. Um, <laughs> who else could there be? Possibly be like maybe like I don't know. Did 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 John Taylor get anywhere near that? Yeah, quite a high up, but not quite two hundred. Just below. Uh, I've got no idea, mate. Go on. Hard. I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't. It's think. fine. It's hard. I bet, I bet there's quite a few early on. Not not in the last ten years. Matt Sadler's someone I thought you might have got. He got two thirteen, yeah. which is the same as Jamie Tolley. So that's right back to the early two thousands, isn't it? Um, yeah, Luke Rogers also two thirteen. So there's three of them that were yeah. on uh, two thirteen, and then the one in between Wally and Langmead um, on two two six. Who, who Wally could catch this season and go second is Darren Moss, um, who played two hundred twenty six. Obviously, in two yeah, spells, and that's that what, so that's why yeah. I struggled because yeah. there's been none really in the last ten years apart from Wally. Yeah, Wally Edwards and Sadler, that's it. You know, they're the only ones yeah. that have gone past 200. And then just below that list, just to anyone's interested in the top 10, Ryan Lowe fell just one appearance short, Ollie, on 199. Yeah. Sammy Aston, 186. And then Neil Ashton, I suppose, is one of the more recent ones. But even that's, you know, 2008, 2009. Isn't 20 it? Um, years ago, mate. Yeah, that's uh, 178. So, yeah, no one really. Grandison just off that list. So, um, yeah, interesting. So, I think it for me on Edwards, that gives you that context, doesn't it? And and for Wally as well, you know, we, we're talking about them both in the same bracket, really. To, to go past 200 in, in the modern you know era since 2000 is a hell of a record and something you know i think does put them up there in in the all-time sort of best best kind yeah. of well-remembered players whether they're legends or not i suppose um depends on your own perspective but yeah we have to obviously you know if you if you play for a premier league side and you're a top top player you will stay necessarily that team probably maybe for quite a while yeah but the 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 the, the, the contracts and the turnover of managers at our level 
means that yeah, playing playing eighty games is probably quite a good feat to be honest. Mm. Um, let alone any more than that. So yeah, that's a great feat. Yeah, a bit of context. The only you know one a recent player who's highest on that list, other than Wally and Edwards, is Omar Beckles, who played one hundred twenty six. So he's yeah. miles off still. Do you know what I mean? And and, exactly. and Norburn's only just gone past one hundred quite recently. So yeah, yeah, interesting. So fair play. We we doff, doff our caps to them. And and the question we had on on Edwards was was from Salat Willis on uh, on Twitter. Um, as it was his 200th appearance of town yesterday, do we see Dave Edwards staying on after his retirement? And do we want that? I know I do. I mean, we've talked to Dave. Obviously, we did the interview. Um, you know, it's hard to judge quite where he wants his career to go in terms of coaching. Um, but I don't know. Would you be... He did say... He said he didn't want to, didn't he? He, he did, yeah. So, yeah. whether so he was the, just the, hedging yeah, his bets always talked about this and it's like, he actually said to our face he yeah, didn't want yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't... But he, he might change his mind. Um, yeah, right. You never know. I'm sure he'd get he could get a coaching job at, at Wolves or something like that. Obviously, they've got thousands of coaches with their huge setup now. Mm. Um, so I'm sure he could get a job coaching pretty easy if he wanted to. So maybe he'll change his mind. But he can do what he wants. I'm sure yeah, he's I'm true. sure he's got enough money in the bank. So yeah, it's not like he's you know um, a, a pro who's you know just basically earn a normal wage. Uh, as like, I don't know, say someone like Matt Sadler, who's played most of career at League One, he's not going to end up his career with millions in the bank. So I'm sure Edwards has got a lot of options available to him. Yeah, media, I think I could see him going into. I'd be happy if he stayed on. Um, I, I don't, yeah. as, as I say, I didn't get the vibes that he wants to do that. But um, I'm certain there'll always be a role for Dave Edwards' shoot fan football club as some kind of ambassador, um, that's for sure. And he was doing that role even after he left the club the first time. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him around the club a lot, even after he retires. Um, he lives in Pontsby, doesn't he? So he's not going anywhere. Um, so yeah. there we go. We had a lot more questions, though, Ollie, uh, other than yeah. Dave Edwards. Um, here we go. First team, current of the first current team, this was from Chris Partridge on Twitter, um, of the current first team, who do you think will still be here next season? And then Sam67 asked, contract expiry dates, focusing on the summer, who would we like to keep, any loans you'd like to keep, and aspirations for next season? So you asked me just to put down who's actually under contract, Ollie. There are only eight players under contract for next season, as it stands. Burgoyne, who doesn't seem to probably have um, much of a chance at the moment in terms of getting much football. And then Ebanks, Landell, Pierre, Ogbetta, Vela, Norburn and Josh Daniels as, as players you probably would consider to be there or there. And they've all got one year left, haven't they? It's worth pointing that out. Not all of them. Mr. Pike's got a couple <laughs> of years left. He's the other one. He's the eighth player. So um, yeah. no strikers other than Pike um, and, and only uh, Ebanks, Landell, Pierre and Ogbetta as defenders. Vela Norburn and Josh Daniels as, as central midfielders. It's a nice core there. You know, we're obviously keeping probably our most talented players there, let's be honest about it. But um, yeah, just eight players. Obviously, I don't know what, what bit of the question you want to address, really. Um, yeah, I, I suppose let's start with those eight players. Do you think they would all be here next season? Or can you see any of them moving on and us cashing in? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we tried to do something with Pike either letting go on loan or, or yeah. move on to another club. Um, other than the rest, Ebanks, Pierre, Ogbetta, Vela, Norburn, that's a really nice core for us team, isn't it? Yep. That's a, you know, summer, um, twenty this summer, um, you know, hopefully we're a bit of normality, you know, everyone's turns back at training and you've got those core players, Vela, Norburn and Pierre, you know, they're, they're three of the best players um, in the squad and Ogbetta obviously better for half a year of playing first team football. Um, for me, that's a, that's a great, great starting point. There's a one player that isn't on that list. Um, as, you, as I said to you, Glenn, I've got access to Scout now and starting to oh, yeah. download some data and stuff. One player that um, is, I didn't realise actually surprised me, um, in terms of like defensive data, um, Williams comes out really well. He's even better than Pierre in some in some things, um, in terms of winning tackles and stuff. So for me, one player out of those, I know it wasn't a question, but I'd really like us to sign Williams up. 
Yeah, he'd be key to keep Winnie, to be honest with you. And it is, yeah. it is unfortunate we might end up losing a player of that quality for absolutely nothing in the summer. But well, I would do only because he's under 24, we'd get something from him. But he didn't, did he, is, does that count if he came through our youth system? I thought that money ended up going think, to, to Man United. I still think we'd get something from him because okay, he's under 24. I don't know, I don't know hopefully, um, because you know we deserve something out of him for the way we brought him on, don't we? But my, my main question would be, if you've got Ebanks, Landau, Pierre, Vela and Norburn as your four players who are seasoned, proven, decent League One players... They're really the only four you're going to look at selling next summer, aren't they? If you need to bring in five hundred pounds, five hundred grand of liquid cash to the club because of COVID, there's there's got to be an outside chance that what a bid comes in that's strong enough to take one of those away in the summer. I think because all 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 of them could play at slightly higher reputation clubs than us. I think. Yeah, Ebank's probably not. He's probably a, well. Yeah, you can, in, in this division, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say any of them are really potentially championship level, but I'd be interested. I don't think I can't see clubs paying for players. Especially we're now obviously like the second summer on from COVID hitting, so you'd imagine there'd be a lot of free transfers going on there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot to lot to do, and for me, it's quite exciting actually that we've got we've got some good players left. Um, but clearly, um, obviously, there's a lot of room in the in the budget and the squad to bring in lots of fresh faces. Yeah, and then this last bit of that question was any loans we'd like to sign. I suppose it's pretty obvious that we'll all want to sign Chapman, yeah. but I, I suspect it won't happen. I suspect we'll get outbid by someone. Um, you know, you know, is there any other loanees that we've had this season or have got at the moment you'd want to sign, Ollie? Um, Sausage. I'm happy to keep him. He's, he's oh, yeah. one of the higher performing goalkeepers in the division. Yeah, I'd more than happy keep him. Again, that looks like probably might be quite difficult to do. It's tricky for us. Ended up trying to. It used to happen quite a lot back in the day where we'd have a player who did really well on loan and sign them. You know, Matt Sadler and Grandison, two players we just talked about who initially came in on loan, and we then did a deal, you know, down the line to bring them in perfectly. It doesn't. It hasn't happened for quite a while, has it? That I can think of that we've had a loanee in. Mark Wright was another one. Um, where we've then ended up signing them. So it'd be nice to break that that streak this year yeah. and, and maybe get to Chapman or Sarkic in for next season. That would that would kind of complete a little bit of a nice core, wouldn't it? But. I think the answer to the question that Chris and Sam raised is there is going to be a huge amount of turnover this summer. I, yeah. In terms of the players who are out of contract, who who gets offered them? I, I Wally maybe. Um, Edwards is probably gone. Um, Williams is probably going to sign for someone else. I'd imagine it's it's going to be tricky to do many deals for the rest of them. Maybe a doe if he if he fancies another year, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see we end up signing of the ones we've already got, isn't it? It's going to be exciting, isn't it? Yeah, and also yeah. for me, you know, I, I um, lambasted um, Sam Ricketts and his uh, abysmal decision to get rid of head of recruitment um, and not may probably not even use a head of recruitment. Yeah, you have a lot of confidence now, don't you, that we've got Keith Burt in place um, and the manager yep. um, yeah, to look at players. And also, you know, Aaron as well, you know, he's, he's, he's young, he's played a lot of players. And he'll know he'll be a good reference to get those references to that character, which is huge in a slog League One season where where running is key. Okay, and then the next question we had was from Tim Lawrence Ollie. Uh, I'll let you talk about this one first because uh, you had a, you had a moan about refs and time wasting. In the yeah, league, interesting is... one, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. So Tim Lawrence, and thanks for the question. So tweet from Tim Lawrence. So yeah, it's a brief chat about Darren Drown Dysdale. And yeah, I think this is an interesting one. Glenn, what your thought? I'll say my thoughts very quickly. For me, yes, it isn't a good look, and it's not something a referee should do. But my God, there are hundreds of football matches. And let's be honest, a lot of footballers are knobheads. So the fact that <laughs> it's taken this long for someone to react to their... And you hear it as well, obviously not having crowds there. They're swearing all the time. They're disrespectful. They walk away when they should get... And then they know they're going to get booked. I don't really care that much that a referee squared up to a footballer. Yes, he shouldn't do it. But come on, like, let's... I don't think we should... I think we should be all calm down a little bit. 
I mean, yeah, this is Drown Drysdale, the man that most Town remembers fans remember for a series of blunders in the early part of his refereeing career, and he's still only refereeing at League One level. He hasn't really progressed beyond that, has he? And um, I, I can't really get too upset about it. It was a bit, bit ridiculous, really, wasn't it, for them both to do that? But from what I remember playing Ipswich in the last couple of years, Alan Judge was a bit of a prick, to be honest with you, and um, I guess he might have just <laughs> rubbed him up the wrong, wrong way, really, but I, I can't get too upset about it. If he'd have dropped the nut on him, Ollie, you know, fully knocked him out, I might have had a bit of a different view of it, but... Um, I don't know. Yeah, the referees like it do... must be so hard for referees. <laughs> got to like you get these chirpy little little shits. Get them. You think they're God's gift and they're playing League One football. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah. I think pe- people just like to have a whinge, don't they? Um, yeah. And like to have a go at referees. And this was an opportunity to do that. I do agree. The referees definitely get more abuse. I mean, they get enough abuse off fans. I suppose if they're getting it just off the players at the moment, it must feel like a bit of a weight off their shoulders at the moment. It's probably much easier for them. But yeah, I mean, I've watched so many of the games recently. I don't, you know, it's often watch them without the the commentary you get on Sky, and you can hear what's going on. And even the Premiership games, they're just so abusive to referees and yeah. up in their faces and effing and blinding, just not accepting yellow cards. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? To be honest with you. So um, yeah, hopefully it probably is just a one-off. I don't think we'll see referees trying to smash, smash, <laughs> smash players as the, as the as the weeks go on but um there we go so next question ollie andy hamilton yeah next question from andy hamilton um is playoff place unrealistic uh not yet i don't think it's unrealistic quite yet i think it's still quite a lot of football to be played ollie it's clearly un it's clearly going to be difficult isn't it um but it's not unrealistic to think we could be that team that just keeps going and going and going and, and nicks the playoff place we've got lots of games in hand um we've got a slightly easier run coming up after nk dons i think where we could definitely make some um strides and, and catching that chasing pack but it something would have to happen to the teams in the playoffs disastrously for it to happen yeah they'd have to go on some pretty bad form wouldn't they it's i don't think it's going to happen while although i love it to happen i just don't think we score enough goals no. um, scoring goals is the hardest thing in football you know, Chapman has been unbelievable. You take his goals out in recent, you know, the results won't look as good. Um, and obviously we had some 1-0 wins. Um, so, and attacking football, you need to really look time on the training ground, um, which we're not really going to get. So while I'd, I'd love us to go on a run, and obviously I'd be absolutely ecstatic if mm. we did, I just don't think we score enough goals, sadly. No, I think that's fair. I, I I like to think that you know there's always a a maximum excitement that you could have out of a season, and until it's mathematically like you know we yeah. need to win seven out of eight or something stupid like that, then yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? But at the moment, there's still a lot of football to be played, and you never you never know in this game, and it's it's yeah. hard not to get carried away with this little sort of cultural recovery, isn't it? So um, I, I'm I'm not going to rule it out for a couple of weeks yet, Ollie. You never know, do you, mate? Um, no. So next question's from our mate Chris Hudson, who's been on the podcast a couple of times over the last sort of six months, um, asking about tactics really and um, wondering whether when Pierre and Pennington are actually back from injury, um, do you think we'd go back to that three-five-two tactic that we played a lot under Cottrell and obviously pretty much all the time under Ricketts, um, or will we probably stick with this four at the back approach that we've got and, and given ourselves a few more attacking players, Ollie? I don't know. Where, what do you think that Cottrell's thinking at the moment? Yeah, you know me. I'm a huge fan of a, a four, a back four. Yeah, um, that's how I really like to play. But actually, with this team um, and the way that we set up, I'd definitely go to three at the back. Um, for me, then get two strikers, get a Doe Wally, or sorry, Main and Wally up front. Um, have Chapman in, in his number ten role, um, and yeah, get the three back. So as soon as they're they're fit, I would def one of them are fit. I'd definitely go to three at the back. What about you? 
I, 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 if we coughed up two or three more wins in the next couple of weeks before Pennington and, and Pierre are fit, and and you know we're completely pretty much safe of relegation already, do you know what I mean? It takes something disastrous to happen. I'd probably want to stick with what we've got now. It is a bit more entertaining to watch at times, and does give us more options in those you know going well, we, going well, forward. I, I, I totally disagree with you, mate. We're like po- yeah. po- Peterborough. We're amazing against Peterborough. We're really attacking, and we beat them two 0 I, I, I don't think three at the back means you means you're you're more defensive. Um, and you have two strikers as well in that formation. I think it's a nice balance. True enough. Uh, yeah, two strikers I quite enjoy. Uh, yeah, you're right. With Maine up front of his own, I would worry it's about scoring It's not just about how you, it's how you play, isn't it? Rather than what setup you have. Is You know, you can play a defensive, a, re- a super defensive 4-4-2 and people think that's a really attacking formation. No, I guess you're right. I suppose we've been a bit more defensive than I probably, <laughs> probably reflecting on the excitement of a good run. But I, I don't know. I, I, I quite like seeing something different from what we saw us playing the Ricketts all the time. It's just quite nice to see a slightly different tactic. Maybe maybe I've been poisoned to that tactic by how defensive it can be under certain managers. And, yeah. and maybe I should remember that he isn't in charge anymore, Ollie. That would be probably yeah. the best thing to remember. Um, in terms of tactics and obviously, you know, thinking of a three in midfield, Ollie, um, if, if that's what it is. Joe Evans asked us the question, which of the three um, would you start in midfield when everyone's fully fit? Um, so I'd written down here just before I get your answer that I would play Norbin Vela deep and Chapman as an attacking midfielder in the 10 but I don't know what, what do you feel about that? Yeah if you're playing three at the back I'd definitely play those three Yeah. Um, but if we're playing 4-3-3 and I think maybe you might do this for Tuesday night I wouldn't mind seeing um, Chapman on, on the left um, Wally on the right in, as, a, as a wingers and then mm. play Davis Vela and Norburn I really yeah. want to see we haven't yeah. seen much of Davis yet so I think you know those three in midfield could be quite a formidable partnership yeah Davis is a good shout isn't he and obviously Goss would have a shout as well in terms of the, he's been doing well in that sort of floating 10 role at times hasn't he so certainly options there but um, yeah you can't really drop Norbert and Vela at the moment they're playing pretty good aren't they and, and Chapman's obviously been a revelation but yeah interesting one there um, in terms of uh, away games Ollie, we played Accrington and I said earlier in the review that I missed being on that terrace but Pacific Paddy um, Pacific Shrew on Twitter um, said he loves the familiarity of home games but there's always something more random and tribal about away matches um, and obviously we're going to miss we're probably going to miss an entire season of away trips aren't we Ollie when we were doing yeah. maybe 70-80% of them over the last few years um, so for you what is the one game away from home this season that you think you, you're probably going to have missed the most I'm going to cheat and go for two but yeah for go me on. the first one would be Charlton away one I've got a big mate of mine is a Charlton fan and mm. he's down to London which is quite efficient and there's loads and loads of pubs me and a me and a Plymouth went on a really good um, beer crawl kind of across <laughs> across London. Um, and then there's a load of pubs at Charlton. But then there's one as well I'd miss it would have liked to have gone this way. I'm sure you'd have gone to this one. Crew away would have been good. Yeah, that's what, that would have been my answer. I would have said my main one would be Crew away. Last day of the season, in the sun, in, in you know late April, early May, May I think it is. Um, you know, everyone on the train, we probably would have sold 2,000, 2,500 tickets. I think we sold 2,000 at least last time we went there, didn't we? And yeah, that, it's just, that's going to be a real bad one to miss, particularly if we're safe or we're, we, you know, we're, we're going for a really high league finish. It would have been a cracking day out that would. And I think for me, the ones I'd miss the most are the ones where you have cracking days out. Like we mentioned Accrington, it would have been up there near my, my, my one I'm missing the most. But I think Burton and Rochdale as well, because they're usually ones we either do on the train or, or, or go a big group of us and, and have a good day out as well. So yeah, frustrating. It's, it's this kind of social side of it, I think, kind of leads you to more because I've been to all the grounds in our league now and I'm pretty sure you have as well Ollie so it's not like oh I've missed going to Hull because I've never been to Hull before I've been to Hull so you know for some people that might be a, a trigger of which one they've missed the most but um, yeah it's the social side and the fun Sunderland and, would have been a good one as well obviously yeah. a lot of fans go into that one as well but yeah it's yeah. the ones where there's you can have a bit I think the ones that have a bit of a train journey London's always quite good and it's 
which is quite it's which was a good day out last time as well. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Well, I'll bring Showing back a football cu- though. But <laughs> give me a give me a vaccine. I cannot wait to go back to some away days on the train. I will. I will also say in terms of this season, if it runs into the summer, one game I will miss in terms of being an away game is uh, the European Championships t- game I had in Bilbao, uh, which got cancelled obviously last summer. Kept our tickets, um, but we we've given them back now in this latest um, ticket window, Ollie. So I will not be going to the Euros in Bilbao. I've kept my tickets for Wembley, um, but yeah, no no trip to the Euros this year for poor old Glenn. I'm quite upset about that, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good one. Ugh, never mind. Anyway, a um, couple of last questions then, Ollie. To, the last question we kept to last because it is a cracker, to be fair. Um, Mark Lynch, the Shrewsbury Spur. Um, big question has to be over Clark being left out of the squad. Do you see him being added to our long list of players who we pay off early? That, that's the question. Um, I, well, yeah, we heard the explanation from Aaron Wilbham, which makes perfect sense. He's not in the squad now because maybe we, we're a bit concerned he might need to go and sign another central defender um, yeah. because obviously very, very short. Um, I suspect that he'll play again for us this season, uh, maybe one or two games or something like that. Um, I don't think we'll, hopefully won't need to sign someone. I don't think he'll play again. I think it's been a bit of a disaster all in all now. Like, clearly scored the win at Wimbledon, uh, which was fantastic and cost three points that were very much needed then, but all that did was delay the inevitable of sacking Sam Ricketts when you think about it. So was that actually a good thing or not, Ollie? I'm not too sure. But, um, it's not gone well, has it? He's not been brilliant in any of the games he's played. Um, he doesn't doesn't ever look 100% fit. Well, he's still clearly not fit enough to play 90 minutes. The reason he's been left out of the squad, yeah, we need another centre-back, but you could easily have left out Pike or you could have easily left out another player that's but, but not played very much. But he's injured, though. Pike isn't injured. That's the difference. Yes, true, true enough. But my point is, you know, he's injured and unfit most of the time. So if, I, I wouldn't be asked if we never see him play again. I think the whole thing's been a, a huge disappointment um, considering his profile and, and, and what we thought he might bring. Another, another striker, Ollie, of a long list of strikers that we bring in that we think are going to be great and end up not doing very much. But did you think he was going to be great? Yeah, I, I did. didn't. I did. He's yeah. 36. But he hasn't played good. for a long time. And yeah, I just think mm. if you're signing a 36-year-old, uh, my, my 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 expectation levels are very low. He scored at Liverpool and in the season before everyone was going on about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's disappointing, isn't it, to be fair? But yeah, I think I'm not sure he will leave much of an impact on the club and there's absolutely no way we'll sign him for next season. So um, yeah, he's probably off out the, de- the door early on, but um, we won't pay him off. He'll just see his contract out. I don't, I don't yeah. think we're that stupid. Um, so there we go. I think we might be, might be in the last knockings of Clark. And the last question, Ollie, takes us back to our favourite season, covering the podcast, I suppose, for me. Um... Yeah, January uh, transfer window. If you could go back to it in 2017-18, Ollie, uh, under Mr. Paul Hurst, what transfer do you reckon would have kept us going and got us promoted? So, obviously, the obvious one is Messi. Um, well. <laughs> but, obviously, obviously um, being is realistic. It? Not sure he'd do a job at Rochdale, Ollie. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Um, yeah, in terms of being a realistic player, a League One player at that time, um, Ivan Tony. Mm, maybe yeah. Was he in particularly good form at that point in time though? I think he was still just a bit of a laughing stock to us then, wasn't he? Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was. I think was this the season he then went to Peterborough afterwards. Might um, have been. He was still a good player um, yeah. and probably just at the time scored more goals than maybe he scored more goals than Carl Morris. For me, the one team that the one thing that side lacked was just someone who would regularly put the ball in the back of the net up front. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think Carl I- Morris got maybe 10, 15 goals that season. Um, I think we probably would have gone up automatically. That was the big gap for me. I, I totally agree, Ollie, which is why my answer is something very similar. I, I remember thinking, and, and the quiz question for the ages is who did we sign in that window? Like, you can't, probably can't remember half of them, can you? Sam, somebody, was one of them, and 
Was it Bryn Morris was the other one? I can't remember who else it was. Oh, Aboisa, I think, maybe. I can't remember. I'll go and have a check. But I remember saying at the time, a few months down the line, when it suddenly had gone a lot better and um, you know Blackburn had picked up and, and they'd done pretty well in that transfer window, the two players that they brought in on loan, who if we could have got them on loan, I think would have made a big difference. One was Adam Armstrong. They got him on loan from Newcastle and he scored a fair few goals and, and was a big part of keeping them going. And they signed Jack Payne, who was, who was pretty decent at that point in time. And it was just... Two players like that, really, that if we could have got one of them in, maybe, um, they would have been difference makers as well. You know, would have pushed pushed the players that were there. It would have been... January transfer window was terrible, wasn't it? We signed that wing that we thought was going to be good and was rubbish. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, what was his name? I can't remember. But, yeah, it was, it was a, <laughs> a dreadful window. If we'd got... Even if we'd got someone like Tyler... Well, Tyler Roberts, obviously, is a good player. But yeah. just a genuine striker would Adam have been Armstrong, huge that would have been difference. the one. Yeah. yeah. So that was the difference. And then them and Wigan. I looked at Wigan's as well. They did some good good business in that window. And that was the one that killed us, wasn't it? It's so sad. But there we go. Adam Armstrong and Ivan Tony up front with Carlton Morris uh, on the bench. That's what we would have gone for, Ollie. But um, <laughs> who thought we'd have been saying that? So, yeah, great question, that one, actually. Uh, Hamish Shrew, uh, who sent it to us. Fantastic. And uh, enjoyed getting that one. So, yeah, there we go. That's end of questions round. Ding, ding, ding. Right, we'll move on Move on to predictions now, Ollie. And uh, yeah, we've got a couple of games coming up this week, haven't we? Yeah, we sure have. Um, so yeah, we're, this week we've got um, Milk and Keynes Dons on Tuesday at home at 7 p- at seven p.m. Uh-huh. And then we've got Bristol Rovers away um, at 3 p.m. on Saturday, the 27th of February. So yeah, in terms of um, MK Dons, um, they are joint top of the form table um, going into this game. Um, so yeah, recent results in the league... Um, Beat Wimbledon 2-0, um, drew with Sunderland 2 all, um, beat Rochdale 4-0, beat Hull 1-0, um, and then last Saturday, um, just gone, um, they beat Northampton 4-3. Um, so on a good good run of form and scoring lots of goals. Yeah, and Will Griggs already got one for them, hasn't he? Yeah. Old, poor old Curtis hasn't quite bagged yet. They're on two assists each, so good good contribution for Curtis so far. And obviously, yeah, weekend, they beat um, Northampton, didn't they? 4-3. I, but I read into that a bit more. They they weren't great, apparently, <laughs> to win that game. I mean, Northampton have been pretty abject recently, and MK Dons kind of um, yeah did their best to kind of not win that game. But um, clearly score a lot, but obviously got some defensive deficiencies. So I can actually see us getting more than one goal in this game, Ollie, on Tuesday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for us on that game to, to maybe get two and... Either draw two two or, or maybe nick it two one something like that. Um, I don't know what you. Yeah, I say? think yeah. I went on a, an MK Don's pod this morning just to share just for a little bit my thoughts on the game and yeah, I went for a two one win for Shrewsbury. I think whoever scores first and they said as well whoever scores first um, will probably win the game. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's just it's just it's a funny old season um, and I think yeah both teams will. But the one thing is, is make you laugh. They're playing um, Jack Jules. Uh, Zach Jules, sorry, yes, yes. all six foot three of him, the Tiger Tank on the left on left wing back, which is really um, odd. And then I looked back; he'd actually been playing left back for Warsaw. So what has he turned himself into? I'm fascinated yeah. to see what kind of player he is now because he never played for us. He was a bit of an enigma. Yeah, he scored in pre-season against Villa. Do you remember that? And it was like, oh yeah, he's good. This lad, he Scottish might be- <laughs> young youth player. Yeah, he's, he's going to be great. Uh, it wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, I think Bristol Rovers is obviously the, probably a difficult game as well. To be honest, yeah. They, they're so scrapping I asked, around um, points. Jill's in the blood um, for some thoughts on on Rovers because they played them on the weekend, and he said that they were right. To be fair, he says their managers set them up well in the first half, carrying to attack them. Yeah. Um, and you know, if they'd taken their chance, in um, they would have basically they would have been a totally different game. Mm. And second half, they coped well with with their with their Gillingham attack. Uh, but after the first goal, their confidence drained away. So I think, you know, if we can get an early goal against them, um, obviously they don't have a manager at the moment, it'll be tough. But they've had some shocking results recently. So, yeah, they lost to Rochdale 2-1. They lost to Stanley 6-1. They Jesus. drew with Fleetwood um, 0-0. 
They lost Oxford 2-0. Then they beat Portsmouth 3-1. Portsmouth were going through a crazy run of results. Um, and then obviously they lost to Gillingham 2-0. Um, so, yeah, two winnable games though, Glenn. It's, again, it's it's that, you know, it could be feast or famine. We could easily not win either of them. But we could probably easily win both of them as well. It's it's an odd, odd time. I imagine they'll both be good watches, Ollie. I think, you know, after predicting the MK Dong game, I'd probably go for us to draw 1-1 at Bristol Rovers. I suspect it'll be another sort of uh, sort of early spring windy day. And, uh, you yeah, know, well, that'll do us, just do us fine, to be honest with you. But, yeah, it, I reckon 1-1 on Saturday would probably be a, a fair scoreline. So that'd be a decent week, all in all. Um, and, 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 yeah, we'd be still looking at the playoffs, Ollie, before points out of six this week. So we'll come back and talk about that. But it feels like we're just getting over that really bad run that we were really worried about now um, past MK Dons um, and hopefully yeah there's there's opportunity to pick up more points so um, yeah there we go Ollie that, that is the end of the questions and predictions I don't know it's yeah is it's it been a end? bit of an Can interesting I not week. make a prediction oh, I'm not interested in your prediction no go on Ollie I forgot <laughs> you've just written in the agenda <laughs> yeah I made it really big but you didn't know sorry sorry mate. Um, yeah so I'm going to go for two one away win to Shrewsbury oh, right. you're going to win two games this week Ollie yeah. You do think we're going to get the playoffs. Stop pretending you don't. No, it's just, it, I just I don't know. It's just weird, isn't it? It's just like I have faith in this team, but I, I think we can beat. I think we'll. I think we can get a result against Bristol Rovers. MK Dons. I just really want us to beat them, but it's just a crazy. I, just, I genuinely do think we're going to struggle for goals. I don't know, but even though I think yeah. we've scored four goals this week, so exactly to myself. <laughs> it's so you you get to predictions and you just it changes everything you think. You just want to be so positive, don't you? Yeah. I think you know we'll be all positive and we'll be coming next next week where we lost depressingly to MK Dons. Um, where Will Grigg scored the hat trick, and on his third, he ran over to the the box and pointed up at Brian for slagging him off in the press. That would be the, that would be the the worst thing that could happen this week. So yeah, let's hope that let's hope that doesn't happen, Ollie, because <laughs> I would be fairly fairly upset about that. And Brian would probably be I don't know throwing bottles of red wine out of the director's box at Will Grigg if he did that. So yeah, there we go. Let's, let's hope he doesn't have a great game and that Curtis. Main so that's shows a great that, way to leave the pod, Brian yeah. throwing bottles of wine at, um, <laughs> at opposition players. That's a great way to leave it. You're right. There we go. We will be back next week anyway with two games to cover. And uh, yeah, enjoy your week, town fans. Oh!